Interesting news bit on this Monday Punday. Over the weekend, I guess, at one of the National Mints, the machine that mints new coins, just up and quit for no discernible reason. The engineers and those in charge of machine maintenance are stumped. It just doesn't make sense. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining in as together we seek to encourage and inspire one another, maybe not with puns so much, but with a deepening walk of faith in the Lord. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. Now, of course, I totally fabricated the story about the coin minting machine, so don't worry. But I'm guessing that many folks would say that should we no longer have pennies, at least, that would actually be better for our society. Somehow, you know, the penny, with its shrinking value and negligible purchasing power, it's become more trouble than it's worth. Well, that, however, is not the view of most people when it comes to money in general. And not that it should be, either. In this mortal realm, an honest day's pay for an honest day's work is upright and just. The worker deserves his wages, says St. Paul in his first letter to St. Timothy. And even Jesus himself, of course, has numerous parables involving money in various ways. The problem, of course, comes in when money starts becoming disproportionately sought after, given a disordered higher priority, or when it becomes the primary motivating factor or focus of our lives. Again, St. Paul tells us that the love of money is the root of all evils. And Jesus himself warns, one cannot serve both God and mammon. So, how might you recognize the early signs of greed in your own life and the lives of loved ones? How does greed seek to tear you away from the life of abundance that Jesus came to bring? And what can the faithful Catholic do in response to individual, familial, even societal temptations to greed. Greed is our topic on today's show, and joining us as our spiritual director is Father Jim Goins, the pastor of St. Eugene Parish in Oklahoma City. Welcome back to the program, Father. Good morning. Good morning, Patrick. I'm happy to be with you. Happy to be with you, too, on this Monday, and grateful that we are talking about such an important topic. I don't know that we talk about this one too often in our spiritual lives. Maybe that's different in your parish, Father, but what would you say? Would you say that that's, uh, it's, it's more overlooked than maybe some of the other capital sins? I think it is perhaps one of the most overlooked of the capital sins because, I mean, we live in an economic system. I mean, every day we use money, we need money, we have to save money. So greed very often flies under the radar, and it's always someone else who is greedy. It's right. not me. It's always someone else who lives far away from me in another neighborhood. Those, you know, it's it's just one of those sins that we tend to overlook and forget about, and we don't often think it applies to us. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start by just you know, defining what we're talking about here, Father. So when I say greed or when you say greed, what are we talking about? What do we mean when we're talking about greed? As you mentioned earlier, you know, when money becomes an inordinate desire within our life, when it becomes a disordered 
passion. So if you think about the word greed and its roots in the English language, the old Anglo-Saxon word for it was very much like the word hunger. Greed and hunger had very similar meanings to the old Anglo-Saxons. And while the sin of greed is different from gluttony, it becomes a hunger. It's as if the lure of money and wealth and things ignites this insatiable appetite within us. And as the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, you know, for, for those who love money, there's never enough money. So it just becomes this all-consuming hunger for money or for the goods of the material goods of the earth. That okay. we can also be greedy for things as well as money. Yeah. Okay. And that I could see that manifesting itself in a number of different ways. I mean, we talk about greed for money. I, I can imagine that there's many ways in which people try to. Well, anywhere from perhaps the more on the more benign side of things, you know, they they work harder. They try to clip coupons and save money uh, disproportionately. Now, again, not that that not that those are wrong, um, but it depends on what the focus of those things are all the way to the more scandalous uh, things of, you know, swindling others of uh, embezzlement of all these things in order to gain gain financial resources. But I would imagine when you lump in the whole of material resources in general, now we're talking that greed can manifest itself in a number of different ways. It can. And that's why it is such an important sin to contemplate, to to guard against, to repent of it. It mm-hmm. is something we should think about more often. All right. Well, our spiritual director today, Father Jim Goins from the uh, well, the Diocese of Oklahoma City, and we are talking about greed specifically when was a time maybe when greed reared its ugly head in your own life and maybe disrupted some of your spiritual life? What did you do about it? How do you confront greed in your own life when it comes to tempt us? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888 Maybe, in another scenario, maybe you've seen greed tear apart the life of a loved one and you want to warn others about the, the, dangerous, uh, the dangerous manifestations of greed and what it can do to people. 888-914-9149. We'd love to hear from you. And our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. So uh, why is greed, Father, a such a, uh, I guess, what makes it a capital sin and how is it so destructive in our own spiritual lives? Why is it so powerful and effective at dislodging us from a, a life of following Jesus? Because quite literally, money can become our God. Hmm. Quite literally, material things can become what we truly worship. You know, that which you center your life around, you know, that which you think about most often. In everyone's soul, at the center of your soul, there is an altar, and you're, you're going to worship something. I always tell folks that. You will end up worshiping something or someone. If God Almighty is not on that altar, there's something else there. And money and things easily, I mean, I am chief among sinners when it comes to being susceptible to 
to this kind of a sin. It is so easy to place something else, a material good, or money, or to worry, do I have enough money? Will I have enough money? I have to make more money. And then that becomes God for us if we are not careful. Yeah. And I'm guessing that, like with many sins, that uh, there, there may be those, who knows, dependent on perhaps the environment in which they grew up, some of the uh, early on nurturing forces in their life that would make them more inclined to greed and some less inclined to greed. Would you say that that's true, Father? I will say this. If you grow up in a family that practices charity, a family that practices tithing, if your parents model that for you, I believe that you are less inclined to fall for the allure of money and things. Mm. Okay, and that sounds like that you're already starting to get on towards some of the antidotes to greed, yeah? Fortunately, there are many antidotes to greed. That's the great uh, amount of grace that we are given, and those who struggle with greed, we have good news for them, that we can we can help them become free of it. Yeah. Well, that's and that's what we want to do. That's where we're going to aim here as we're talking about greed here on The Inner Life, and we are with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins. If you have a way that greed, you've seen it in your own life or in the life of perhaps a loved one, a family member, a friend, and you've seen that uh, really do some destructive things. Help warn others about the destructive nature of greed. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or maybe you have a question about is such and such an attitude or such and such a perspective, uh, an endeavor, is it greedy or not? Uh, that'd be a good question to ask our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, 888-914-9149. Father, let's take take a little bit more time just to kind of drill down and make sure we know what we're talking about here. Because, you know, does greed necessarily correspond to the amount of money that a person makes? Oh, no, no, no. You can find people who are vastly wealthy and yet are not greedy. Hmm. And conversely, you can find people who are rather poor and yet are consumed with the love of money. Mm. So greed cuts across all social classes and cuts across all uh, economic situations, which is kind of stunning if you think about it, that someone who does not really have a lot of money can still be consumed with love of money. Right. It is interesting, isn't it? And I think that, I mean, most of us who have been around the sun a few times have seen that, too, that there are, yes, I've I've met some very, very generous uh, people, both who are very wealthy and some who are, you know, pretty, pretty poor. I mean, pretty not well off and vice versa. I've also met some people who I would say really struggle with a with an inordinate love of money and pursuit of money who are on all social classes as well. Well, Father, as we're as we're talking about that, then too, um, how about motivating factors when it comes to greed? I mean, or maybe little cracks that we just have to be aware of, because obviously, um, providing for ourselves, for our family, for our parish—I mean, that is something that the Lord asks of us, and uh, you know, imparts to us as a duty. 
And so how do we, how might greed sneak in there in those kind of motivating factors? Well, I just want to earn money so I can provide a good life for myself, my family, my parish, or uh, versus, you know, focusing solely on, well, I want to amass money. Let me uh, show you how it works within a parish setting. The church itself, parishes themselves are not immune to this. Every parish needs some sort of financial cushion, correct? I, I think most of us would agree on that. So as the pastor is the steward of the parish's finances, it is my duty to make sure that the parish has some money in reserve in case there's some big repair that has to be done, for example. Or as the pandemic taught us, what if there's some sort of event and we can't have church for a month, right? Mm -hmm. However, what I have found is that the temptation is not to be comfortable with a two-month cushion or a three-month cushion. Mm -hmm. There are parishes that suddenly will have money piled up you know, that would last them a year or, or more. And they have no building project. They have no, you know, they have no real purpose for the money except that they are saving the money. Mm. Now, there might be priests who disagree with me on that, but I will always tell finance committees, don't sit on this much money. Uh, use the money that people give you. Keep a cash reserve But let's not become greedy with their money and simply pile it up and sit on it. This money is for ministry or, you know, for what the buildings in which we do ministry. Use the money that they give you. Do not hoard it. So I I think it kind of sneaks in because we want safety. We, We want security. And money gives us, it's odd how money can give you a sense of security, like the parable of the of the rich man who was going right. to build all these barns. Why was he doing that? Because he thought that was his security. And and the Bible says, "You fool! You know this night you're going to die." The irony of money is it really doesn't give us the security we think it does, but it feels like it, and that's why I think it's so. It's so common and so sneaky. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. We are talking about greed today here on The Inner Life. If you have seen greed in the lives of uh, your family, loved ones, maybe even in your own life, and like to share about a triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. If you have a question about how to deal with greed in your own life or in the life of a loved one, give us a call and ask it of our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go to the phones, Father. We've got Rosemary's calling in from Los Angeles. Rosemary, welcome to the program. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I had a question in regard um, or kind of like, I don't know how to go about speaking to my brother about this, but we were blessed to be raised in, in a financially stable. Nope. We believe that he, he has what he has because he's he doesn't use his money for greed but he gives back like he's always in helping need of others but my brother now that i mean we're older we're grown adults he has his family his goal is to be bigger 
than my dad financially. And he's like, he always says, I need to have more money than my dad. I need to make more money than my dad. And I don't understand how his train of thought in regards to that, because my dad has never been to want more money, but I feel like he has it because he's been so giving with it. And that's why God continues to bless him with his work. And my brother is the complete opposite. He's just more, I want the money. I want the money. Gosh, that is, that's a sad story. Actually one you might tell him at some point kindly, but tell him, you know, don't let us not dishonor our father by insisting that what he did in his life wasn't enough and that we are not successful unless we do do more than he did. So one way you can approach it is, you know, let's not say that because we need to honor our father. Secondly, I would just ask you sometime, why? Why why do you think that you will need all of this money? What do you plan to do with it? Our father was generous. Now, that's something you might try to emulate, <laughs> you know, encourage him to be generous and maybe bring him ideas of how he can share his wealth with people who need it. But that's, you know, that would be a tough conversation. That's, that would be difficult. And I I want to acknowledge that, but I find that a sad story that he feels that sometimes somehow he has to do more than your father did. That's sad. Mm -hmm. Father, would you think that the, you know, the whole, I I don't know, perhaps the, in the emulation, there's a sense of uh, maybe that's one of the ways that uh, the father was showing his love, you know, was through provision and, and doing that sort of thing. Would there be any kind of, uh, potentially positive motivations lurking underneath the service? I think it is true that many men feel that the way, the best way they show their love to their family is to provide for the family financially and materially. And that should be encouraged and honored it's only when we feel that, you know, we have to go so far beyond what we were given. And it sounds like they, they grew up financially secure. They had more than enough. Well, then how much is enough? How much more than enough is enough? And, and we have to make sure that if we are making more money than our parents, and most people are, as a matter of fact, um, what are we doing with the extra money? Are we generous with the extra money? My mother and father worked very, very hard, and, you know, they provided for us. And we lived in, you know, a small house, and, you know, we didn't know that, that we didn't, that somehow we were deprived because we didn't have a 6,000 square foot house. You know, it's just little things like that. There's something about the simplicity of our parents' generation that we should look back on and say, that's what we should emulate. Yeah. Their willingness to be happy with less than what we have now. We have far more 
material goods than those generations had. Mm-hmm. You look, I mean, just look at the size of closets, look at the size of houses, the size of, you know, the storage units. We are a generation that isn't, isn't happy, even though we have so much more and yet it's not enough. And that's yeah. a, that's our problem. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the thing that we see tend to see you. Yeah, so frequently in this day and age is that uh, I think it, we're inundated by messages that would say never be satisfied. You know, never be satisfied. There's always something more that you can get. Well, we're talking about greed today here on the program on the inner life, and uh, let's let's. Well, thank you, Rosemary, for the call. I hope that helps. We'll hold you up in prayer, um, especially in this, un, you know, this, uh, yeah, rather unnerving, perhaps uncomfortable conversation that conversations that you're having with your brother. Let's go now to John, who's also calling in from Los Angeles. John, welcome to the show. Hey there, great! Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Great, um, great topic. I think it's. I think you guys are going uh, really deep here. Um, I had a specific question. Um, I'm thinking of maybe that that father, perhaps maybe lower income father, faithful Catholic. Um, you know, perhaps living paycheck to paycheck, and you know. Uh, really wants to provide for his children uh, and family, you know, and has to, has to perhaps doesn't have, you know, maybe the educational background or the skills that would um, be privy towards higher earning potential over the long term, um, but wants, you know, is, in, might, uh, might deal with situations like having to send their kid to Catholic school versus public school, right? And might not being able to afford that. And just these heavy burns, if he were to, You'd have to work two jobs, you know, and time is limited, um, you know, and uh, I, I guess my question is, is how would, how would, um, how would a faithful Catholic approach that, you know, a father like that approach that situation, um, you know, where he's always really thinking about trying to, to pay or to, to, you know, provide for his family, but it just, it, it, it might consume him because, the earning potential isn't there or the skill sets aren't there to, to have a high income job or, you know, something like that. Hope that makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think one thing that we should communicate to our young Catholic families is that there is nothing dishonorable about having to work hard and nothing dishonorable about you know, not being rich. I mean, okay, so you're not rich. So you're not going to be able to give your children, you know, all of these consumer goods or fly them, you know, to all parts of the world. What children need, they need love and attention and moral guidance from their parents. So the family could be rich in that. And actually what the kids will remember when they get older is the relationship that they had with their mother and their father much more than they will remember the gifts that were under the tree at Christmas or whether, you know, whether their dad worked some important job that made, you know, lots and lots of money. No, they're going to remember the character of their father and the character of their mother. And, you know, the greatest gift that you can actually give is to take your children as the father to lead your family to mass and to be the 
you know, the priest uh, of your family. And to be honest with them, yeah, we don't have a lot of money, but what we do have is better than money. We have Christ in our family. So good. So good, Father. Thank you for that. John, thank you for the question. I think it does make a lot of sense, and it, uh, it, I'm sure that there's many people facing situations like that. So great question, and I, I'm grateful that you asked it. Thanks for calling in. If you'd like to call in and ask a question about how we can be on our guard against greed and its uh, evil workings in our lives, in our families, in our parishes, in our society, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. We got to take a short break, but we're going to be back with more on greed here on The Inner Life right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Ah, yeah. Gordon Gecko from the movie Wall Street there quoted that greed is good. Well, that's certainly not what we believe as Catholics, but it's a uh, it's something that reverberates in the ears, minds, and let's hope not hearts of those about my age or so who have seen that movie. Um, yeah, we're talking about greed here today on The Inner Life with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, pastor of the St. Eugene Parish in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And if you have a way that greed has affected your life, the life of others around you, maybe you have a question about how to avoid greed or am I being greedy in this situation, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Back to the phones we go. We'll go now to Alex, who is calling in from San Diego, California. Alex, thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, My question is about, um, is it greedy or is it, sinful to own or want to own luxury items such as cars, uh, watches, etc. Well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I would say if you own a very good quality watch, there's probably nothing wrong with that. If you have to have 50 of them, we might have a problem. Again, it 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 boils down to, you know, what is the importance of these objects to us? I mean, why, like, if I, why do I have to have this particular car versus another car? And, you know, maybe it's fine. Maybe it's fine to have the high-quality car because A, B, C, D. But then what happens is that, Uh, You know, if greed takes over, then one of those is not enough. You know, one watch isn't enough. Five watches are not enough. There's never enough jewelry or uh, luxury or comfort to make us feel comfortable, and we just keep accumulating it. That's when it becomes a problem. So, you know, look at the relationship that you have with that object and that in that you can probably begin to discern whether or not this is greed or if it's just that hey 
quality products last longer. It's actually more, it's smarter money-wise to buy a high-quality item because it will last longer. So it's complicated. Mm. Indeed, it is, and it's tough sometimes. Um, but I, I know even in looking in my own heart that sometimes we've got, when we're in a position of, uh, of you know, we're, we're shopping for a new item, especially if it's a, a high-priced item, like a, a car, a vehicle, something like that, that there is that lure. I will say that. Now, I am a middle-aged man, so maybe that has something to do with it. But there is that lure of, well, oh, that one looks pretty cool. That one looks pretty neat. And what is that saying about right. me? Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. It is complicated. But, Alex, good question. Thank you for calling in. Thank you for asking the question and uh, asking, Father, the question that you posed, you know, why this car over the other one? Why this item over the one that's more that's less expensive? And good questions to be asked. All right. Let's go now to Amy, also calling in from California. Amy, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. And I think this is a really great topic Um, I did want to speak a little bit from experience. Um, I'm a mom. I have four sons, married, live in Southern California. And when my children were young, it was really tough. We were living paycheck to paycheck, you know, Southern California, a lot of kids. And times got really, really, really hard. And it was a constant struggle for me um, to not worry. And I did not do a good job of it. But when you have all these mouths to feed, and yes, your husband's going to work, you know, but you've, we chose that I stay home, it, it, it's hard to not worry. Then I fell into a business. The business took off. Um, it was super unexpected. I, I went into the business thinking I could just help out with groceries I I ran that business for eight and a half years. Two of those years, that business supported our family while my husband was out of work. Um, And then, so it was was a huge blessing. What ended up happening, though, within that business, which I don't own anymore, is it never was enough. And I was so worried that it was going to go away, that my income was going to go down, And it took, in 2019, the earth, I felt it just shake under me. And what happened is, is the business did start to change. You know, money comes and money goes. And if I can just jump in just for the sake of time, um, can I ask you just to for what's your what's your comment about greed or your question about when it comes to greed based on this experience that you're having? Sure. It's it's very easy to make money our God. And I would be curious to know for those that have struggled financially, if even if got you, because I, I look at it as ordered and disordered, but people that have, have seen both ends of the spectrum, if it's still this challenge to keep it in its proper context, which is God is the provider. So even though now I am, you know, God provides, I, I see it in proper order, I still have that in the back of my mind of, you know, thinking about what it was like when my children were, were young, sure. you know? And if you've seen that in your experience, Father, or, you know, Patrick, just with people that have struggled financially, mm-hmm. you know, and does it ever truly go away? Hmm. Good question. Father, what do you think about that? I think that's a great question. And 
from my experience, now, if you go through a period of your life where you have anxiety about money because there's not enough of it, does that ever go away? For many people, it does not. And the evil one preys on that anxiety, that worry. Because what happens, you know, with folks who have gone through very lean times and have suffered, then especially parents, you know, and what you don't want your children to suffer again. So yes, that anxiety, that worry can follow you and can whisper in your ear, you know, there's never enough. You need more. You need more. What if this goes away? Get more, get more. The, the antidote for that is prayer and discernment to pray about money, to, to ask God to help you be a good steward of your money, to talk with your confessor about your anxiety about money, your attitude about money. I think it's this wholeness that you're trying to, to achieve. I think it was, a, it was Aquinas who said, you know, the, the antidote is uh, to, become, uh, to become generous and charitable, Liberality, I believe, is the word he used. Hmm. And in that word, there's a sense of freedom. So what you're trying to become is free of the worry and the anxiety about money and to unmask it so that you see it for what it truly is. It's a tool. That's all yeah. it is. It's a yeah. tool. It's not the, the end all of your anxiety. Yeah. And in fact... There are very, very wealthy people who are consumed with anxiety. You know, they can buy up a whole pharmacy and still be consumed about it. It's becoming free of it. Mm-hmm. That's the spiritual goal. And to see it for what it is, a necessary tool, but that's it. Well, it is a necessary tool, and uh, that is even evidenced by the number of phone calls that we're getting here on the inner life. If you've called in, stay, be, stay on the line. We'll try to get to you. We'll try to get you on the air. As we're talking about greed today on the inner life with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins. Money is necessary, but sometimes, and sometimes very easily, our perspective on money can get warped, and we can suddenly find ourselves in some sin, if not serious sin, when it comes to placing money, as Father put it earlier in the show, on that altar that is reserved, meant to be reserved for our God alone. So grateful that you called in, Amy. Thank you for the call. and appreciating that. Uh, let's go to Joshua instead. Let's go to Joshua calling in from Albuquerque. Joshua, thank you for calling in. Hi, thank you. Um, I want to know how to get rid of this this uh, anger, like an intense anger that I have because of the greed of my family members <clears throat> and in the whole family because um, uh, my mom left the trust and then uh, the family sued me and my sister who were the trustees. So now nobody's getting money that my mom wanted us to get. So the bank's getting all the money. And um, <clears throat> I, you know, I try to, I'm just trying to learn how to deal with this intense anger so I'd read Job chapter 1, verse I mean verse 20 and 21 every day, and then Luke, that one that Father said a while ago. <clears throat> and uh, I'm just thinking that they dishonored my mother very badly. She wanted us to have money. 
and I got to the point yesterday where I just like, I, I don't know if I blasphemed against God, you know, when I said, I think God, why, why screamed out loud, you know, I couldn't take it anymore. So, <clears throat> so it's kind of driving me to drink a little bit too, but so I just want to know how to get, how to accept God's will in all this, you know. From my experience, one of the the most painful instances where we bump up against greed is when a family member dies and there's an estate and then the children begin arguing over the estate. I mean, that is so common. That happens all the time. What I would advise you spiritually is to remember that the, the, your mother's true wealth is not in that bank. And your mother's, the treasure that she truly wanted to give to you is not in that bank. That she wanted to give you something much more valuable than that money. That money is something you will have to contend with but if you are able to detach yourself from that and to say, okay, I am powerless over this, you know, this will work itself out the way it's going to work itself out. But to remember that the best way to love your mother, honor your mother is to remember that her life really wasn't about her money. Mm. It was about her love for you and her prayers for you. And to ask her, you know, ask her to continue to pray for you and for your siblings, that, that you will not be consumed and destroyed by, by this money. Mm-hmm. And do not let it drive you to drink or blasphemy. Again, pray that you will be able to be free of it. And that there was a time when you didn't have it on your horizon. And there will be a, it may be that you never have all of it, but you'll be okay. The Lord will take care of you. You'll be okay. And to honor your mother's memory apart from the money. Does that, does that make sense? Thank you very much. It's just emotional. I'll pray for you. I will pray for you. I promise. Thank you. We will indeed pray for you, Joshua. Thank you so much for calling in. And, uh, yep, can hear the honesty in your voice. So just uh, I'll add to my own, just to Father's Father's great advice to, yeah, stay close to the Lord, stay close to the church. Uh, and if there's, maybe there's uh, your pastor or somebody else in your church who's gone through something similar that you can have a conversation with about that as well. Um, seek that out, and we'll be praying for you and a and good reconciliation, good good uh, situation ending point for you all in that. We need to take another short break as we're talking about greed here on The Inner Life. We're getting a little greedy for time, I think. We've got uh, some great calls coming in. If you can, stay on through the break, and we'll try to get you on the air with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins from Oklahoma City. We'll be back with more right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. The best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. If you had any doubt... 
that uh, money can become a central feature in people's lives. Think of this song and the many, many different artists who have recorded it. We're grateful that uh, Nick Stentovich, our producer, is on top of things, as well as Sarah Tafoya, who is being kept very busy as she takes your phone calls today. We've got a lot of great phone calls that have come in. As we're talking about greed with our spiritual director, Father Jim Goins, here on The Inner Life today. And let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Renee calling in from Vermont. Good afternoon, Renee. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, My question is, for the past eight years, I have been the administrator of my um, elderly aunt's um, finances, and um, she recently passed away, and there is some money left in her account that doesn't really belong to anyone else, but I'm feeling guilty for keeping it myself. (laughs) Um, Everyone, all of her heirs have been accounted for. Um, There's been a generous donation made to our local church and our bishop's office. And I, I don't know. I just don't know if it's right for me to keep that money. Have you talked to your attorney? Well, I don't really need to um, get an attorney involved because it's not. She doesn't really have an estate left. There's there's nothing in the estate to be distributed except for this checking account, which was a joint account with myself and her. Oh, I see. I see. Well. Um, in addition to being a priest, I'm also an attorney, and I always think it, it might help if you just, you know, make sure that you are entitled to the funds. It sounds like you have done due diligence, but um, I, I would still encourage you just to, to run it by an attorney. Um, you know, I would hate to give you spiritual advice that might conflict with legal reality there in Vermont. But if it is, uh, you know, you certainly deserve uh, payment for the work of administering uh, her estate. You are entitled to compensation. Perhaps if you decide that you are going to keep that money, tithe from that. Tithe from it. It's a it's sort of a windfall, it sounds like. Um, give part of that back to some charity that she would have uh, honored. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if it is rightfully yours, it's rightfully yours. It's not the the laborer is worth his wage, the Lord said. So, Yeah, I appreciate that, Father. And but it's a good question, Renee. Thank you for calling in with it. And uh, yeah, I I think one of the first uh, first things that jumped into my mind and heart um, was, yeah, this is a this is a good opportunity, maybe for some maybe some generosity that you might not not otherwise be able to afford. So yeah, exactly, tithing or yeah. giving to charity. Yeah, this sounds like a good advice, Father. Yeah. Thank you for that, Renee. Thanks for the call. Let's go now to Maggie calling in from Oak Park, Illinois. Maggie, thanks for calling in. Welcome to the show. My ex-husband, money was always, always at the front of his mind and more important than family stuff. And, and he created a way to, to make a lot of money and save a lot of money on the side through the marriage. And then we end up divorced. But now it's divided his relationship with our son badly. 
and watching my son suffer the consequences of it has been so heartbreaking to me. And I don't know how to pray for my ex-husband I, 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 to get rid of this feeling of hatred that I'm feeling because of the greed and what it's done to our family. And I don't want to be bitter like that. I keep praying and hoping that maybe his soul and his heart will change, but it's hard, really hard. I would advise you to um, incorporate within your daily prayer routine two prayers. One, uh, pray to Our Lady for her intercession that you be freed of the anger and the bitterness, because that won't do anything to your ex-husband. That will only eat you alive. So the first prayer I would advise is that you be free of that. And the second one is that you pray for his soul, because anyone who becomes so enamored with money and becomes so you know, enthralled with it. There's something disordered and wrong and sick uh, about their soul. This is a sick, wounded soul, and he needs our prayers. He needs to be healed of it, forgiven of it. His own spiritual journey will be a difficult one. I mean, I, I hope and pray I won't leave this life attached to material goods. I hope and pray I don't do that. I pray that he does not, that before he leaves this world, that he becomes free of it. Mm. So I think what you can do is to enter into the depth of prayer for your healing from the bitterness and the anger, but also remember he's a wounded sinner, and, we, and we're all sinners. We all need to be healed and pray that he will find healing from this before he departs this earth. Mm. It will yeah. cultivate compassion, I promise. It will cultivate compassion. Mm. Beautiful. Maggie, thank you for that, and we will indeed be praying for you and the whole situation. So thank you for calling in and sharing that with us. And it, just another way or example how greed can just destroy uh, relationships destroy lives. So um, although it was tough, I'm sure, Maggie, thank you for having the courage to call in and share that. We will be praying for you. Let's take uh, one more call here before we wrap up the show. Dean calling in from Stockton, California. Dean, just a couple minutes left, so if you would uh, be brief, please. Sure, I'll be brief. Um, just like my grandfather worked hard for many years to build up three properties. He had three sons. He couldn't decide which one to give each one, so he gave him a one-third share in each property. The sons could not agree on it over the years what to do with it, and it caused them to go into great division, even though it was not greed-based. It was simply a disagreement. That that shows you the backside of inheritances. But as far as I'm concerned, just want to say that every day I pray to the Lord, I say, give us this day our daily bread. And the Lord says, are you serious about that prayer? I go, well, give me a little more than our daily bread. He goes, well, the, that's not the prayer I gave you. <laughs> so I just think yeah. when we pray the Lord's prayer, I mean, the Lord says, how seriously are you, are you taking that particular phrase? Right, right. Yes. Give us, Lord, what we need for this day and uh, protect us from greed. Yeah. 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 It's Amen. a good prayer. It is. It is, Dean. And thanks for the reminder. Thank you. That Yes. I mean, oftentimes, yeah, 
give us give me my daily bread, but also this, that, and the other thing as well. So good point, <laughs> Dean. Uh, Father, we got just about a minute before we ask for your blessing, but maybe one or two just practical things that you would advise kind of generally for people to do to put into practice to help them guard against greed. Uh, great question. Two things, two things. First, I did this this morning after studying for this, praying about this show. I thought, okay, I was convicted. I went through my uh, closet, and like many people, I have somehow compiled all this clothing. Most of it I no longer wear. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that are in need of clothing. Uh, Goodwill, for example, will take your clothing and and give it to people who, who are in need. So I took a whole bunch of it, and I took it. We have a bin on our property. And they, I placed it in there, and it will be given to people who, who truly need uh, what is simply an excess in my life. So just go through your closet, through your possessions, edit it, give things away. And the second is, is very much like that. If you, I promise, if everyone listening will pay stewardship and tithing, Set a percentage of your money aside, given back. God gave it to you. Give it back to someone or some organization that needs it. That's practical advice. Thank you, Father. And may we have a blessing from you, please. May the Lord God shine his face upon you. May he bless you. May he give you an abundance of love and charity and compassion. May he take care of your daily needs and free you from the attachment to things in order to prepare you for heaven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.